Today, if you didn't notice, based on Mary's lullaby, I'm Mary Kay. <laughs> I'm Megan, and I am Mary slash Scuttle the Seagull at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have a lovely we have a lovely guest today, Trista. Will you tell us about yourself and your company a little bit? Uh, hi, uh, I'm Trista, and um, I am a poet and a writer and a horror movie enthusiast and I do have a candle company that makes magical candles with herbs on top and stones that I charge under the full moon so it's pretty witchy and pretty weird and pretty fun and I love it it is fun I got one and I loved it even like opening it was like a magical experience it was really fun and then and I, I love burning them and then also at the end you get that little treat did you get to take the little treats out of it? Yeah, the little, yeah. The little stone it's and really keep fun. it. And yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's uh, Marvel. Is it Marvel and Moon or Marvel Moon? Marvel and Moon. Marvel and Moon. Okay, that's how I've been saying it in my head, but then I thought I might be wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I use the plus. Sure. I use the plus sign as the and, and everyone, some people are like, Marvel plus Moon? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not an equation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like uh, Romeo and Juliet. Like, yeah. Um, Baz Luhrmann did it, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, what I that's what I said in my head. <laughs> exactly. A best like style. After the 60s, maybe, but we'll talk about that later. So um, our icebreaker is, what is a vodka blush, and why haven't I had one? It's one of Mary's, the most delicious girly drinks is what it is. Is Mary's verbatim note in the very professional outline we do every week. All <laughs> yeah. caps, what is a vodka blush, and why haven't I had one? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's vodka, cherry grenadine, and lime juice, and it's really sweet and fruity, but also delicious and dangerous because it's basically just punch. That makes it's, sense, it's, actually. It's, it's like punch. Hawaiian punch. Minus for, the sherbet. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's grown-up Hawaiian punch. I feel like I Yum. probably have had one and not known it. You just weren't calling it by its fancy, pretentious name. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably... Or you just had it sleazy cousin, vodka cranberry. Yeah. With a lime wedge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Some version of it. It seems like something you would you make because that's what you have lying around. And not yeah. know that it's a thing or that it has a name. Emptying, emptying your liquor cart. Yeah. Drink. Yeah. yeah. When I looked it up, someone was like, we made these as a joke for my, for my sister's baby shower. <laughs> she didn't think it was funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... No shit. Not only could she not drink it, but also like <laughs> because oh of gosh. Satan, baby. At least they didn't make her like one of those weird herb milkshakes that poison her or whatever. Ugh. I guess. Yeah. Well, pros and cons. Yeah, that looks. That looks like a lukewarm yogurt, kefir, kefir thing. <laughs> Ugh. With like a bunch of dill in it, it looked like straight up dill. It it was super chunky. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, she that, poured it out. The sewer, she's pouring it down the drain. I'm like, ew, why is you it that, lumpy? No, 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 you know what it looks like? It looks like it looks like when you go home with that one dude and you get up in the morning and realize you're like on a mattress on the floor and you go creeping out to the kitchen to try and make yourself coffee. You got to like strain it through a sock instead of a coffee filter. And then you go to put milk in it. And that's what comes out of that, that dude's milk carton. That's what comes out of it. Is that chunky horrifying mess. That's disgusting. I've never had this experience and I am so thankful. My friend one time told me she found a glass of milk under someone's bed after she was there for the night. And she was like, I have to go. You have milk under your bed. (laughs) It wasn't me. It was my friend. It's like my mom always taught me I have to leave someone's house when I find milk under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good's gonna come out. That was one of my childhood lessons. Yeah, Um, I'm sure if you leave it long enough, maybe something delicious will come out of it, like yogurt. Is that how that works? I don't know how yogurt's made. No, no, it's not. Okay, (laughs) cool. Well, now I know. Not under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, all of us had really strong feelings about Guy. And how he's a piece of we shit. We felt about Guy the way we feel about that milkshake, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I feel worse about Guy than I feel about that milkshake. Yeah, I definitely yeah, don't agree. feel lukewarm about him. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, just, you know, he is terrible because he is familiar. Yeah. He's terrible because you've had that those conversations and you've had these moments and he's terrible because you're watching this go down. I just couldn't get over as I'm watching how easy it was to get Rosemary to back down off of stuff. All you had to do was be like, um, girl, that's rude. And she was like, oh, no, no, I would never. But that's actually like what you do most of the time in yeah. your life. You know, you're, you're trying to be pleasant. So he just... All, every tactic, every line, everything was like, ugh, stop it. Stop it. Yeah, I, know like, yeah. I know you're wrong. Yeah, the entire moose scene was ugh. just awful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awful. Went through every possible excuse he could to get her to just eat that godforsaken pudding. First, it was that, you know, was it many, many had slaved over this stupid pudding. And then she was being rude if she didn't eat the pudding. And then at that point, it was, you know, well, there's just always a problem with you. You just always have a problem with everything. And he just kept saying, well, there's no undertaste. It tastes just fine. Mm-hmm. Which ultimately, there's obviously more to say on that. But that whole thing led to what is the cringiest line of the entire movie. And I made an audible gagging noise as after he comes back. And she, like, spoons the pudding into her lap and acted like she ate it. She was like, oh, Daddy, do I get a gold star? Yikes. What's the thing? If you have to act like a seven-year-old with broccoli to get through a dessert with your husband... Your relationship is probably toxic. Yeah, there's a problem there. Let's also talk about how whenever you cook for someone, you have to taste it first. And you need to be a little aware of, like, what you're serving, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like... Minnie should know that it tastes like butt. Like she should have, <laughs> she should have checked it out, and she didn't. Well, here's because they all, uh, they actually mentioned how bad her cooking is the first time they go over there. They yeah. didn't like anything oh, she yeah. made. They didn't like the, yeah. the steaks and that the the cake. They couldn't even believe they got through eating it. So 
I actually wondered, I was like, oh man, is that another maneuver? Like, is this, like, if she makes crap in the first place, then when she gives her a chalky moose, mm-hmm. she's just going to be like, yeah. oh, Minnie, and go for it? Or yeah. is... she's not going to expect anything. Yeah. Yeah, but she's not even in front of her. She doesn't even have to, like, mm-hmm. pretend. She has to fake it for her husband. For that, her that's, shitty husband. Yeah. That's what's amazing, is that like, all of us, like, it, yeah. it, it would be so rude. Oh, she'd be offended. She doesn't have to know. Like, she's not even here. Oh, my God. I think that stands as, like, a a testament to, like, guys, like, gaslighting abilities and how easy it is. Because it's, like, it's not even about Minnie. Or he's trying to make it about Minnie, but, you know, gaslighting her by doing it. Like, oh, well, don't be rude. Don't hurt her feelings. Uh, But he's just, you know, trying to make her feel insignificant and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And and like she's in the wrong for not wanting to eat this gross chalky pudding. Mhm. Mm. I mean, chocolate pudding like even when it's bad is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. So like how bad did it have to be for someone to be like, "No, I'm just going to pretend like I ate it." Right? You know? Yeah. 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 So, I hate him because he force-fed her. I hate him because he's a rapist or by proxy, I guess. Although he owns the rape, even though say, he didn't do it. Yeah. I was going to say, like, he way definitely ex- took credit for it. His way of explaining away a rape was, well, yeah, I mean, that's because I raped you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you but had also, a dream about being raped? That's because I didn't want to miss baby night. <laughs> it was fun in a necrophilia kind of way. Gab. No. Well, it oh. And he's like, I didn't want to miss it. And she's like, you could have waited till the morning. I mean, shit. It wasn't like one split second. <laughs> Yeah, she's but, so nonchalant about it too. It's kind of, that's creepy as well. How she's just like, yeah, you could have waited. Like she's not really mad about it. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's a little like. Yeah, she's confused more than anything because she's mm-hmm. just like a little aggravated. Yeah. but she doesn't put up a fight. You know, he's obviously not apologetic about no. raping her. Mm-mm. While she's you know, passed I out, I didn't I haven't looked this up. But was was marital rape even a crime? Oh, nineteen sixty eight. In yeah. New York, let's look it so. up. I don't think that was until like maybe the eighties. I'm not sure, but in most states, it was I feel like the sixties when it's yeah. worse. Let alone was the like, idea that, let alone the idea that if she didn't actively, like, there, there was no struggle. She didn't actively say no. I, I'm right. sure that at that point, it would not even have. Sixty-two uh, is when the model oh. penal code states mm-hmm. that if a male who has sexual intercourse with a female. Who is his wife? Who is not his wife? Oh no! I'm sorry. I read that wrong. 1996 is when it became marital rape became the thing. Wow. Until then, 1962 is when it was saying if it was not his wife, it was rape. 1996 is when it became rape, and it did not until all states until 2005. Yeah. Jeez. What? Who was the last one? Just Tennessee. Out of Does it tell you? Tennessee. I, I feel like, oh. yeah, so she may feel, she may have, like, all of the feelings you are naturally going to have under these circumstances and still not have used that language with herself. Like, that that's not how she sees what has, what has happened. She thinks it was shitty of him, but not that mm-hmm. my husband is a rapist, mm-hmm. just that... Not enough to put up a fight. Mm-hmm. Right. Just enough to be aggravated. Yeah. Right. No, I'm um, aggravated when my husband doesn't take the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> if he were to rape my unconscious body, we that's not the same thing. 
No. That's a different mm-hmm. level. You hear that, Andrew? Different. <laughs> what? You He's just in the living room for this. <laughs> Man, uh, that makes me, like, not wonder, but, like, concerned for the intended audience of this movie. Mm-hmm. That that was, like, an acceptable, like, oh. Reaction. She was just asleep. Yeah. No. That's, mm-mm. Um, also, can we talk about their sex scenes? Yes, please. Tell me all about them, girl, and why they're When they move into this, like, slamming new apartment in Manhattan, which they can afford, which is nuts. Inexplicably. And... Inexplicably. Even at the time, right? It would have been way out of there. And he was a stage actor. Like, a a struggling one. Mm -hmm. So, they were gunning for them. Basically, this is all part of, like, the tradecraft, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's part of the plan. Um... They so they're breaking in the house, right? And she they're like eating Chinese food or whatever on the floor. And she's like, "Hey, let's make love." Like that's the literal line because I ran, I was like, "That's not right." I misremembered that, and then I ran it back, and that's what nope. the subtitle said. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he doesn't even say yes or no. He just like sets down his food and starts undressing himself. Yep, they don't undress each other. And she no, and she undresses herself, and she's just kind of like looking over her shoulder at him, and I'm like. Dude, that's me and Pharaoh's son. Like, what are Get you her. doing? Like, yeah. Also, I'm with your teeth. Yeah, no. And it was just, it there was, was no soundtrack. It was super awkward. Yeah, and I just wanted to be like, you guys have done this before, right? Like, Well, I mean, anytime they have a kissing, <laughs> just like a simple kissing scene too, like it made me chuckle because yeah. they just like mush their faces together and just kind of mm-hmm. like, like, it was just Moved weird and awkward. Yeah, just like you used to make Barbie dolls kiss. Yeah, like, yeah. it was like two <laughs> passionless dolls just mushing yeah. their lips together, kissing. It was weird, saucy. Totally. And then and then they he starts laughing during the middle of the makeout, and uh, she should have. She's like, him. "What?" And he's like, "Oh, this is how parents behave." And it's like, "Yes, that's how they make children." What well, I don't understand. What what's I don't know. A lot of me looking at I was I don't know. I just was. You know how you have to, like, hold your face sometimes to keep it from reacting the way that it wants to? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I would do that a lot if I was around Guy when he's not um, a, a midnight Satan rapist by proxy. Yes. I'd punch With him. With that part, I have some other emojis, but, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mary, when you sent us that, those emojis earlier, she said Rosemary's baby. <laughs> baby face. And devil face <laughs> both together. Is that not? I feel like I summed it up really nicely. Yeah, you I did. So. I, we don't even need the movie anymore. We can just look at those two emojis. Yeah. <laughs> evil kids are in my trifecta of evil shit I can't handle. Mm. And demons. So that's two of them. Yeah. Although more, more evil kid than demons but um so you know who else is the worst <laughs> i i do do you want me to say it i was say gonna it. say it's roman polanski pile yes. of dirtbag yeah shit <laughs> which mary and i in the midst of shit talking mary came up with a beautiful proposed title we'll see if it sticks oh yes <laughs> i am i'm profoundly convinced the title of this episode should be Fuck Rowan Polanski and his fucking ass. <laughs> I think that fits. I think <laughs> it, yeah, it might be what sticks. Yeah. We'll he, uh, 
<laughs> it was just such a great hot take. <laughs> when I asked you if you wanted to do this movie. I don't feel like it's even a hot take. Like, I think we've, it's definitely, like, come fully around. You know, like, when he was first accused back in the 70s, was first facing trial, there was a lot of support for him. Like, people weren't uh-huh. entirely pissed about this, that he had raped a 13-year-old in your man's apartment. Sorry to say. I know. Jack Nicholson is great, but... That is that is where this was. Well, he, he wasn't there. It's he wasn't not like there. he was ho- he he wasn't hosting the elderly orgy rape. No, he was. That's yeah, not no, his deal. It wasn't no. his fault. He no. just has an L card in his freezer for when his buddy Hunter S. Thompson dropped by. He yeah, yeah he um he wasn't home. He was not home Which, at all. No, but Mary Kay, you will also be maybe intrigued to know. Maybe you already know that Nicholson was originally slated to play Guy. There was recommendation of it, and then um, yeah. Polanski himself was like, "He looks too sinister. We can't do that." Yeah, yeah. Which is what he does, though. Yeah, well, it's yeah. exactly that's it's a good call. The same thing that we we all agree Kubrick should have said about The Shining, which is like, <laughs> "You can't, you can't." No, he's like actively scary looking. You can't do yeah. this. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, like he's Polanski. There, there wasn't there wasn't the same kind of reaction you might expect, given that she was thirteen years old. Um, that's nuts but over time especially because he went fugitive it's kind of deteriorated and even then he went fugitive because the judge was about to do something arguably unethical that there's so much about his story that is his life story that is horrifying and sympathetic and then over the last five to ten years three more women that I know of at the moment have come forward to say that he raped or assaulted them when they were in their teens. One of them was actually not in her teens. She was 10 years old. Gross. Incredible. That's horrible. So, mm. so yeah, he's... A, a lot of people shitty. kind of... Hmm? Oh, I was just saying shitty. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of people um, have come to his defense over the years. Like, well, he's had this terrible life, and surely it was an isolated thing, and... All this other good stuff he's done makes up for and at a certain point, like, no. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, tri- trauma does indeed tend to have a large effect on things. It's not to be mm-hmm. used as an excuse for being a shitty person. No, and I don't think that, I don't, but I also don't think that it undoes the good work, mm-hmm. which I know is like an unpopular thing to say. No, I mean, but... it's, 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 many things can be true. Yes. Yeah. And people can do terrible things and wonderful things. Argument that, you know, like where where do you draw the line between like the artist and the art that they create? And that that's I mean, I struggle with that all the time because Mm -hmm. I love the art of so many horrible people. Right. Same. 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 And you can't not super same. At a certain like so much of our canon is just horrible people. Especially because And most people suck. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because straight white men have been enabled in so many ways mm-hmm. for so long, and that's who we have been led to believe should be writing, should be creating, should be painting, should be, you know, that's whose work is important, so that's what we know. Um, and not to mention the romanticized notion of the, the, the crazy artist, mm-hmm. that the more unbalanced you are, the more... The more, the more worthy your art is. Yeah, your work yeah. will be. So, we've, we've got a lot invested in the 
work of specifically toxic damaged people. Yeah. 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 People. Um, um, I have a question. What was the judge going to do unethically? They had settled, uh, they had presented and accepted a plea agreement. The judge had accepted the plea agreement. And then the night before the sentencing, um, decided he was going to sentence Polanski to 50 years in prison instead of, oh. um, time served and probation, which was what, um, he, which was what the agreement was. Um, oh, okay. the argument there, to be made, yeah, the, the argument there to be made that like, you, while you may technically have the ability to do that as a judge, that's like a, it's like a huge breach of yes. like you just undermined the entire legal process leading up until that yeah, moment right. like just because you can doesn't mean you should right yeah right. i just didn't know i'm not disagreeing with you yeah. i just didn't know no. oh yeah and uh he's trying to get the case dismissed and the response here has been like from our legal system has been that's not your only option running away in the first place was not your only option and just never coming back and dealing with the legal system here is not your only option. Like, you don't have to hide on the opposite side of the world and get the case completely dismissed before you even return. You've, ha- you've had choices all along. Yeah. So, where, no, where is he? He's in France? Is that where he uh, He's been in France. At some point, he was in Switzerland. In 2009, there was, like, renewed efforts to bring him back. And he was um, incarcerated for a while, but not, like, while they were trying to determine whether he would be extradited. And they determined that he wouldn't be. So, I don't know. It's all over the map. But I, I doubt he's ever coming back. Good. Right. So, not surprising then that he's also, like, the reason he was constantly having beef with, uh, Cassavetes on set is that Cassavetes wanted to be more like freewheeling and improvise and like explore moments. And uh, Mia Farrow said that Polanski is the kind of director that would be upset if you like lifted a glass a few inches too high from where he had instructed you to go with it. That's interesting because when they're at dinner together, they're all just like ham fisting, just like throwing food in their face Mm. and like talking around it. And they're like have food still in their mouth and they're drinking what vodka blush, which mm. to me just sounds like a headache. Mm. I don't know. And you didn't notice that where they're just like, mm, yes, this is really good. I guess it's just to show like their food was so bad, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he was much more controlling and Casavetes being a, not just a director, but like one of the most important directors ever, um, had a hard time <laughs> rolling with a style that he felt was counterproductive. Makes sense. It probably would be a lot more natural looking if they were allowed to act naturally yeah. in that scene, at least. Also, like, he flops around a lot. Did y'all notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the actor who plays yeah. Guy. Yeah, John, that, that's Casavetes. That that's, like... that's John okay, Casavetes. So. The, like... Okay, I thought so. Yeah. But I, I, I imagine that he was like, it looks weird when I flop. And then Polanski was like, do it. Like, okay. <laughs> Lean into it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Do you flop with more oomph? (laughs) (laughs) That's the title right there, flop with more oomph. Yeah, it is. Damn, Mary, you've been edged out, girl. Oh, man. We'll make it a poll. We'll put a poll on the Facebook page. (laughs) I think think he's handsome as all hell. I... 
Like, I, the character is insufferable, right? Which is, like, good yeah. work. That's what, that's what's supposed to be happening here. Um, the whole time I was just like, I can't believe you are making this particular man unpleasant to me. I don't know how you think this is great. Well done, everybody. <laughs> if I don't want to be around great. him. Wow. Okay. I was wondering about, like, the dad bod. I know that that was, like, the thing in the 60s. But also, and this is going to be terrible, but, like, it's a really interesting way of, infan- of further infantilizing his wife mm-hmm. is to make yeah. him look like daddish. You know, yeah. Daddish. Yeah. He's like, here's my shoulder. Here's my other shoulder. And I remember being like, is it? Is that? Okay. That was. Happening. Yeah. Well, then to have Mia Farrow, like, I think, was that in your notes, Mary Kay, that originally Polanski wanted somebody much more. No, that was, that was me. Megan. Yeah. It was yeah, much more like. Uh, Tuesday. Is that her name? If I remember correctly. I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday Weld. He thought Tuesday about having Weld. he thought about having Sharon Tate do it, and then he was like, mm, "That seems unethical to cast my wife." Yeah, Tuesday it was Tuesday oh, that Weld. Is, that's the thing that's unethical. That's where he draws the line. That's where he draws the line. Okay. But yeah, he originally wanted Tuesday Weld to play the part of Rosemary, and if you just Google her name, I mean, un, you know, unarguably, she is absolutely gorgeous. You know, but she is your very typical like. All American, girl next door, mm-hmm. blonde, buxom, you know, like the slanted eyes, very curvaceous, and that's who he originally wanted to play, Rosemary. And then mm-hmm. he decided to go with uh, somebody had suggested that he go with Mia Farrow instead because she was already famous on Peyton's Place. So they right. had uh, opted for somebody with a bigger name mm-hmm. versus bigger boobs. Yeah. Well, uh, Mia Farrow is very beautiful as well. She is. She is just dramatically different. Yeah. Yes. And especially if we're talking about the the infantilizing, like the constant infantilizing of this character, Mia Farrow will will read in a much more childlike and diminutive way. Yeah, and she does this like fluttery thing with her voice too. Mm. That's really, it's like it's uh, it's enthralling, but it's very childlike as well. Mm Which is really cool. Like, she does it when she's uh, Daisy in Gatsby. Yeah. And I remember being like, man, her voice does sound like money. It does. <laughs> it was it was really cool. Um, What's well, yeah. that? The fake accent. It's got a nickname. It's not the Hollywood accent. The Mid-Atlantic accent, yep. I think, is what yes, it is. Like Catherine exactly Hepburn. Exactly uh, or Audrey it. Hepburn and yeah, Catherine Hepburn. They all talk with the, the Mid-Atlantic well, I better tell, accent. I better call the detectives right away with that chum. Like, if you don't like fake, do the rest yeah. of the episode in that, then <laughs> what's the point of doing this podcast? <laughs> Just say Roman Polanski is a rapist in that voice and see if it makes it better. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I lost you gotta it. Be like, <laughs> I overthought like, it, and then uh, it went away. Oh, I've Tristan, been practicing on Donatello to go. Versace, too, but i got to be drunk to do it well. <laughs> it's like, Just because I have on the to relax the top half of my face. <laughs> Roman Polanski is a confirmed child rapist. I don't know if that was quite it. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> that was incredible. That was great. That was perfect. That's all I've ever wanted from this podcast. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, okay, well, I guess I'll never do any of my voices anymore. Yeah. I mean, well. Now you have to take us out with that same lullaby. <laughs> Danny, Danny is gone. You'll never get to hear him again. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you guys said so what we meant by getting off on tangents <laughs> half the fun it is did you guys but, uh, uh 
have any feels about how, like, the Roman uh, Cassavet, you know, the evil uh, cult leader, like, had the name Roman? That kind of really was kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. I did notice that. I didn't know what to do with it, though. I was like, why are you going to name your bad guy after you? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a little weird and off-putting. Yeah, it's like, why would you totally make was. that directorial decision to make the kind of head evil man, you because know, have your own name? Because it's a book name? first? Oh, yeah, duh. Oh. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, was waiting, I was waiting to chime in, but I want to see if anybody had a good guess first. Yeah, it was the book, and the movie rights were actually purchased before the book actually fully came out but yeah it's a book first it's a really it's the most directly parallel mm-hmm. book to movie that i have ever encountered like you could follow that book word for word with the movie playing almost and it's every match up exactly almost every single line of dialogue came from the book yeah there the only things it's eliminated were none. were for time yeah but yeah. the the author himself levin himself was like this is this is it. Like, that's my book. Like that, this is the most truthful adaptation I've ever seen. And most film yeah. scholars agree. It's one of the most true, like word for word, like true to the book adaptations yeah. that has ever been filmed. And also he has to be Roman cast of it because somehow the anagram has to work. Anagram yes. has to work. That's what I was oh, about yeah. to say is like, you can't change it because of that. That's true. Uh, I had another, while we're talking about adaptation now, um, what was the role of that Terry subplot? And why did they cast that woman? <laughs> um, I, okay, so I, the, the point of Terry is that Terry was the first attempt, right? They had been keeping her uh, there okay. and grooming her yeah, there. that's what I thought. Remember, they, they hear them yelling the night before about, like, well, we shouldn't tell her or we should tell her. Da, da, da. And then the next day is when she's found dead. So they were going to use her for whatever reason she was not. And that's why she was already wearing the protective charm. They were going to use her, right. turned out to not be an appropriate vessel for whatever reason, or they just, you know, had the option for uh, Rosemary and liked that better. So okay. they had to eliminate her. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it made me wonder well, well, if she committed suicide or if she was murdered. Like, if she kind mm-hmm. of caught on to the evilness of what was going yeah. on oh, and I jumped. Didn't think about that. That's what or if they, for whatever reason, were like, yeah, this this lady isn't going to work. Well, much and like, so they much like, like a, push her out the window. Yeah, much like Mrs. Gardenia, the Gardenia, right? From the, yeah. the apartment before them. She sees the note immediately. I can no longer be associated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she, she hasn't even finished the sentence in the note, presumably. Mm-hmm. It didn't take long after that sentiment before she's gone done mm-hmm. um so presumably mrs gardenia was also pushed out either because she was no longer willing to cooperate or because they were trying to lure rosemary and guy or both yeah the floor plan of that i didn't catch it till the second uh when i watched it the second time but um it's almost a duplex with like a secret ha- like it's a it's one apartment that they split in half right for them and the and the yeah. yeah yeah and he tells them that in the beginning yeah. that's what he's in ridiculous mm-hmm. New York real estate lingo, that's what he's explaining, is the yeah. the layout of the floor. And that's the why I didn't catch it till the second time. Right, because it's yeah. weird. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, that Twitter thread about, like, this woman goes to the house, like, looking at a house uh, with her husband, and her husband's like, there were people imprisoned in that bas- in that basement. And she's like, that's ridiculous. And he's like, look, we're getting out right now. Have you all seen this? No. Mm-mm. Okay, I'll post so. it on the, I'll post it. It's okay. weird. 
And also, it was exactly what her intuit or his intuition was telling him. It was. Oh, nice. Okay. I know because he watched Scooby Doo as a kid. It's very basic. (laughs) Follow your uh oh feeling, just like they taught you in Dare. (laughs) Okay. I mean, uh, sometimes it's not that cut and dry, but in this situation, it was where she was like, "Well, she moved the, she moved this really heavy piece of furniture in front of this linen closet," mm-hmm. and that stuck out to me that like she's Red so flag. she's so <laughs> she observant. It. it is constantly referenced that she sees things, she catches things that other people don't, that she is aware of things that other mm-hmm. people aren't seeing, and yet all it takes when she verbalizes it is for someone to just not validate it. Yep. And, well, okay, and she'll just dismiss her own... And she just, yeah, yeah. leaves it. Her it's own no longer important. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's also the gaslighting, like Trista said earlier. Yeah. I think, it, was it you, Trista, who said that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's just a sucker for it, which I get, especially in the 60s. Like, even now, it's like someone's like, that's not very thinning, and I'll be like, really? I thought it looked, like, really good, like, earlier today. So, I mean... Yeah, he's, I mean, anyway. he just, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, guy just constantly gaslights her, you know, like, when she finally gets secluded in that scene in the kitchen with her, like, younger, quote-unquote, real yeah. friends, and they're like, hey, like, if you've been in pain this long, you should, like, get that checked out and go see a doctor, and then he later, he's like, you know, why were you listening to them, you know, they're just a bunch of bitches, and, like, yeah. just telling her that they're crazy, she's crazy, you know, like, you're fine. You're fine. This is just what childbirth yeah. is. <laughs> the second she gets around other women. Yeah. Yep. Who are not literally running a coven. The second she gets yep. around other women, they're like, no. No, this isn't That's normal. Not normal. No, mm-hmm. you should trust your gut. We are going to help you. We, like, that immediately she is encouraged. And it's the first time that someone tries to shut her down and she isn't having it. When she tells guys yeah. that she's getting that second opinion... The only reason mm-hmm. she stops is that the pain goes away. But she's like, yep. she is screaming at him. Like she's, this is her baby. She is like on it. And all it took was this, this one moment of that much support. A little bit of encouragement. That yeah. much validation. Just a little from validation. A, little, a drop yep. of validation. That's all she needed. Mm-hmm. But of course the guy swoops in as a dude and it's just like that's just childbirth you know nothing right i am a guy trust me i would know about uteruses i know exactly what's going on also have you thought about how this doctor would feel if he finds out he's wrong have you thought about this doctor's feelings while you stand here sobbing in pain at me what I, I mean, that's what I think of when I'm in pain. I can't remember if it was, uh, what was the doctor's name? Dr. Saperstein or if it was... Saperstein. Yeah, Saperstein, like in Parks Hence, and Rec. Yes, yeah. I made the note immediately. Well, that's that's the yeah. joke in Parks and Rec because he's an OB in, right. in Parks and Rec. I just now got it, though. And then yeah. if you think, <laughs> think about what Dr. Saperstein's children are like in Parks and Rec. Yep. Devils. They're the, the worst. worst. Yep. Seriously, she's the worst. I can't remember if it was the doctor or guy, but one of them, you know, <laughs> Rosemary says something about some, you know, some symptoms she's having of being pregnant. And one of them's like, oh, that's rubbish. <laughs> like, rubbish. I, I, oh, just, yeah. I just distinctly I yeah, I remember that. that, but I just, I can't remember which horrible man said it. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Yeah. One of the no. douchey oh, men God. said something douchey. You know, it was such a disappointment for me 
was that um, my beloved Charles Grodin doesn't come through for her. He still turns her over to the bad guys. He it sure seemed, did. It seemed like it was going to be okay. I thought I could trust you. You're in my favorite <laughs> Muppet movie. <laughs> anyway. They're all like that, I guess. <laughs> Just all men are terrible. <laughs> I do love Charles Grodin. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> I, I do love Charles Grodin. And if you haven't seen The Great Muppet Caper, go check it out. He's doing the Lord's work up in that shit. So, Doing the Lord's work up in that shit. <laughs> he is indeed. By far the most quotable episode of far. <laughs> doing the Lord's work. That's our, that's our third title option. <laughs> what was or, the second one? Um, flop with more oomph. Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> flop with more oomph. What about uh? Or we could just Omnia title the awful. episode "The Two Emojis." Not sure if it'll let us use emojis. We can just literally no. We can't spell it out because then it just says "baby devil," and that's not. <laughs> we can just put it in brackets: baby emoji, devil emoji. There we go. Oh, no. yes. what would mean. Picture this. That's even funnier. <laughs> the picture, picture of it. a baby. Sicily. <laughs> picture this. Sicily, 1924. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like Baby Devil might is probably already a movie. <laughs> it might that's be. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Like that's what this movie's <laughs> called in Japan. Baby Pick Devil. Baby probably. Devil. Um, God, she... Yeah, this this watch, lately I've been noticing, I don't know if it's just aging or if I just happen to be re-watching a lot of things I haven't seen in a very long time. But lately I've been having the experience that anything I see these days, I feel like I'm seeing it very differently than I've ever seen it before, even if I've seen mm-hmm. it many times. And what really has stood out, what really stood out to me today watching again was how... How familiar and how... These I, I use the phrase uh, everyday weapons of the patriarchy, right? Just mm-hmm. discourage her independence a little bit. Just yep. discourage her awareness a little bit. When she when she does point out something that you didn't notice, just don't validate it. Just, just discourage her awareness. When she does set a boundary, just discourage it. Just if she does display some agency or or some effort to make her own choices or or own her own body, just discourage it. Mm-hmm. And how. Yeah minimal it really has to be that really most of the time it boils down to just a lack of validation that if she doesn't get support then she'll go to ask well if i i didn't mean to be she did this a lot and i catch myself doing this a lot lately because i spent a long time in a relationship where this became the pattern the thing that i felt like i had to do was yeah but i mean i didn't mean to i didn't mean to bother you though or is it okay if i it's not if it's not i can like apologizing. Oh, like apologizing for existing. Yeah, yeah. before you yeah. even before she's even done the thing, or yeah. apologizing for a perfectly normal reaction that she's had. Like she is being like when he, she mentions the dinner and he's not really feeling it. Like apologizing, even though she has just said we don't have to go then. Mm-hmm. Perfectly pleasantly, there's clearly nothing about her body language that could be interpreted as as a hostile. Well, you don't have to sulk about it. Yeah. When it's like, dude, she, you see she's using her <laughs> hands to, like... i piece of paper, yeah. She's, like, building your house, okay? Chill out. Also, yeah. can she build my house? That house looks fly as shit. Are we ready to talk about the costumes? Because Ooh. I'm ready. Do it. No, not yet? Not yet? Okay. 
We're going to do it now? While we're talking about patriarchy? I'm down. I mean, I mean. Hey. Okay. You put it in whenever you feel like you are ready to put it well, in. Well, okay, so Minnie has the best wardrobe. <laughs> oh my I God. just, every time it's she had like wrong. a head a head wrap on, I was like, yes, bitch, yes. You look amazing. Also, whatever, um, <laughs> she did look amazing all the time, though, with her blue eyeshadow. I mean, she's totally unintelligible. I cannot understand a word she said. I had to have the subtitles on the whole really? time. Oh, I love her. Yes. Accent. Um, oh, I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying I cannot comprehend it. <laughs> she always I mean, had lots of know. bangles too. She had like, didn't she yeah. have like all this jewelry Big. and bangles? I, was... I, I wrote, hold on here. Um, oh, remember when you made the joke about like hearing them chewing? I said, y'all be joking about some fuck shit. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> she only had three plates that matched. Look at the rest of her fucking house though. What? Who cares about the plates? Look at that bar. They got fists. That's how you know they got money. They don't even have handles. They just have fists. Half drunk fists and stuff. Right? Yes. I wrote specifically, like, where is this thing? I was like, you you really should have known by the makeup alone, girl. Like, look at Minnie. Just look at her with your eyeballs. Look at her makeup. That's true. This, well, this I love makeup. her outfits. Like, oh, she looks. She I looks, just want to. She's amazing. Dress with all the time. She she's amazing. Just like, look at her makeup, then look at yourself yeah. inwardly and think, is this a person that I want to give me smoothies every day of my pregnancy? True. True. I don't think so. I mean, but here's the other thing though: is that her one of her BFFs, one of the Vipers in the kitchen, the Viper mm-hmm. Den kitchen. You know mm-hmm. the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, had this crazy, and I do not mean this in a disparaging way at all, crazy drag queen makeup. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Do you remember this? I I ran yeah. it back and then stopped it, and I was like, how is she getting her eyebrows like that? <laughs> also, mm. just a side note, every time I see a drag queen, I'm just like, I really could be doing more. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah, true. What is my they excuse? Amazing. Like, what I mean, is my pageant. excuse? I get it, but... Um, oh, but yeah. I said, like, what is my excuse? I definitely freaked out about the, the bathing suits during the boat sequence. And she's yeah. Oh, yeah. I freaked out over those. Those were amazing. I yeah. freaked out over the haircut because, obviously, why wouldn't you freak out over one of the most iconic haircuts, like, ever? Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. It's, it's phenomenal. I don't like that bad wig in the beginning, though. No, no, no. no. Not that part. Her actual haircut I mean, is so good. Yeah. And also wrote, you know they're maniacs if they don't like the hair. Girl, get out. <laughs> Because everyone bitches at her about the hair. And again, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a, like, it's, short hair is so, uh, yeah. um, like, the iconography of women's long hair being associated with femininity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. domesticity. She mm-hmm. slices it all off, and everyone's like, no, bad, that wasn't right. No one likes it. Yeah. She said, I look terrible. He said, no, you don't look terrible, but your haircut's awful. It's the haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, and and now I'm going to do a not all men thing. Um, when Hutch comes exactly. in, just about to say that, yeah, yeah, he's like, she's like, I did it at Videl Sassoon. He's like, you look sick. He's like, I don't, I mean, <laughs> do what hair. you want with your hair, like, yeah, exactly. what's wrong? Yeah, and that's exactly. why he has to die. That's why he has to die. He, he would stop the bad thing from happening, hmm? and he tries to several times, and he almost oh, dies. Gets so close, so close, so close. Yeah. yeah. There's a weird detail that gets left out, actually, 
that uh, in, in the novel, but isn't mentioned anywhere in the movie. And it seems odd to me that Polanski didn't use it, um, that Rosemary is estranged from her family because yes. they are Catholic, but Guy not is Guy. Jewish and Protestant. Mm-hmm. And they are not having it. So, like, we see that she has a lot of, like, she has baggage around Catholicism. But then yeah. this idea that these people around her are monstrous in other ways, based on mm-hmm. the messages she has from growing up. Um, it's interesting. I don't know, I was just like, oh, that seems like a, seems like a miss. Like, you yeah. didn't think that was useful you information? You couldn't mention that. Interesting? Yeah, and it would have yeah. been a super quick mention. It's not yeah. like it would have taken 10 minutes of film time mm-hmm. to give us that. Right. Yeah, we don't we don't hear about his um, religious background, but uh, the um, it's almost like when they're when they're vetting them at the dinner, the first dinner, um, Roman and Minnie, he brings up Catholicism like real quick, and she's like, "I was raised Catholic, but we don't, you know, we don't so uh, observe it anymore." Um, and I just wanted to be like, "That's really bad manners to like bring that up." Yeah, the first time you meet with someone, and also it's clearly like a sore point for her. Mm-hmm. I don't know; it just seemed like she was really uncomfortable. Well, Minnie says that me. she's like, "You look really uncomfortable." Oh, she you does, looked, okay. Yeah, she says like, "You looked uncomfortable" because they start talking about it uh, obliquely, like you know, just like the evils of organized yeah. religion in general. And mm-hmm. when she stiffens up, that that's when mm-hmm. Roman's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Like, a, are you religious? Like, like a, as if it would be a weird thing to be," which. Kind of seems like a big jump for me in, in for me yeah. in nineteen sixty eight. Like, yeah, probably yeah. lots of people are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was just when when you said they didn't bring it up. Like that was really the only time it was touched on at all. Exactly. And it seems and like um, our friend of the podcast Charles brought it up. He was like, it seems like for a movie about the devil, like God should have some. Role. mention yeah some right. mention at all he's like if there ha- if there's a devil then there has to be some god also well that's yeah, the thing some so kind of, yeah so for Polanski being Jewish and also by the time that this film is happening an atheist um mm-hmm. that's something that he struggled with was like well I don't I don't think there is such a thing first of all he's Jewish there is no devil like that's not like there's no hell like it's not this isn't like that yeah um um, or um, no devil. Anyway, first of all, that duality is not the same thing for him. Like his that makes sense. Like earliest but we're, but stories we're not, about this. We didn't talk about the movie. Doesn't at least the film, the book does. You said, but I don't know. So that kind of makes sense. Like that missing piece. Yeah, yeah. Is for him. That was the thing he had the hardest time with. Was that he doesn't duality. He, the story is beautiful, right? Like he's all about like making this happen. But he doesn't personally believe that any of this is is a thing. So he kept this through line throughout the, like, she is being gaslit, but so are we, right? Like, how much of this yeah. is, is what's really happening and how much of it is, like, even as she's going to Charles Grodin, oh my God, there is a covenant. Like, you're listening to that and you just watched the entire movie and you're still like, yeah, this sounds outrageous. Mm-hmm. She sounds like she needs to be locked up. Um yeah. So he kept, that's why he had that, that thread of ambiguity, that there was never any question that she believed it. 
but there's always a question as to whether it's actually happening. Right. Because to him, that was important. Because to him, he can't answer. Mm -hmm. He didn't feel he could answer whether Mm -hmm. this is ever possible or not. Hey, um, while we're talking about the role, the, like the religious aspect of it, what's this on here you have, Trista, about this tansy stuff? Can you tell us about that? Yes, girl. Well, I kind of dabble in herbalism. So like immediately when I was watching, I was just already taking note. Like it would always spark my ear whenever like an herb was mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that Rosemary's name is Rosemary um, is really interesting to me because like in magic or any kind of uh, like pagan or like witch Wiccan traditions, you know, Rosemary is used in magic as an herb to remember things. Um, And I thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. because the whole time she's trying to remember if this is like real or not, or if this is happening, you know, when she is that rape scene, when she wakes up the next morning and she's like, did did this happen? What, what happened? Like she has the physical evidence of it on her body, you know, with the scratch marks, but. And she yells in the middle at one point, she's just like, this is not a dream. Yeah. This is real. So like, it's almost like the whole time, the whole movie, she's trying to remember that. So I just thought that was cool because that's what Rosemary's Mm -hmm. used for. But yeah, that's really cool. The Tannis root isn't, isn't real. You know, I mean, like I've, Mm-hmm. It kind of got me at first because when I, I was watching with my husband, like, I was just, I, I had been so long since I'd seen this movie when I was, like, young in high school and I didn't remember the Tannis root. And I was like, I think that stuff really smells bad. And that's, like, the next line in the movie after they kind of introduce it. They're kind of like, oh, this smells awful. And then I had to look it up because I was just like, yeah, I was confusing it with Tansy, which is a real thing. And it smells pretty bad. I think it smells bad. A lot of people think it smells pretty gross. Um, But that's real. But Tannis Root is not. was completely just made up for the movie. Um, But Hmm. it made me think of Tansy. I think I was getting it confused, which is a a mildly toxic herb. Um, But, you know. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. That's what they'd use to, like, sedate her. When I first heard them say it in my head it wasn't spelled t-a-n-n-i-s it was me neither it was t-a-n-a-s and i thought it was an anagram for satan yep so i was like that's not clever but now that it's kind of based possibly on something else like that is a little bit more clever yeah maybe yeah i tried to like look it up i'm sure maybe i didn't dig that far but i was really kind of curious why um, unless I spelled Tannis wrong. Maybe I did. No, you didn't. Because remember, I had the subtitles on me the whole too. time. Because oh, yeah, I couldn't too. understand the damn thing they were saying. Uh, it's two N's and an I. Because that would yeah. make sense if it was like an anagram for Satan. Why they would have this like fictional right. no, herb. No, it was T-A-N-N-I-S. Next opportunity. Yeah, I had Googled it afterwards. And then I saw your notes and I was like, oh, damn, she's onto something. Yeah. Yeah. And then like in the beginning when they're kind of moving into the apartment and there's that kind of wilted herb garden um, that Miss Gardenia mm-hmm. had, mm-hmm. the only two herbs she mentioned, she's like, oh, there was some herb or uh, uh, mint and basil here. Um, and I, I had to like look that up. I'm like, oh, what does this kind of mean symbolically? And uh, what did I put? Like, oh, yeah, basil is used as a fertility herb and like herb, a herb. In magic. Um, and mint is used for protection. So it was just interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. How... So they were all really purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 
So, yeah, that just sparked my interest. Like, you know, pretty early on, I think they start talking about um, the Tannis root because it's what yeah. uh, Terry had down in the laundromat around her neck before mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. jumped jumped or was pushed out the window. <laughs> so what about, is it Miss Gardenia? Do you know anything about, like, gardenias and their symbolism? Because I feel like that's a pretty specific for everyone to have, like, herbaceous floral or floral name. names. It, you know, rosemary and there's an herb garden. What about gardenias? Yeah, there. as far as I know, gardenias are usually, like, a symbol of purity and innocence. I mean, they're used a lot at weddings. Makes sense. So, um, we also have that, uh, fountain in the, in the very beginning, like not the opening credits with the creepy lullaby, but like when they're at the building, there's like a, in the courtyard, like all of the, do you remember this mm-hmm. fountain? Mm-hmm. And I think it was like Lily's squirting water out of them. Oh yeah. Mary's face. Nobody else thought that was weird. Cool. I'm glad you went there too. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I noticed it. Don't worry. <laughs> I did not notice it. <laughs> but it makes sense. I didn't sense. notice it till the second time. Because, like, just... I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was super weird. I mean, it goes kind of with this theme that I was noticing with the herbs and just that, you know, living in, uh, like, how it's set in New York City and it's a very urban environment. Mm-hmm. And then what's kind of part of the evilness of the film is kind of all the the wild things, right? I mean, like yeah. the herbs and the the roots, and um, they're 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 evil. They're part of the witchcraft. Um, so this kind of wilderness within the urban setting, um, kind of playing on that, you know, the dark beyond the woods, how it creeps into the city, the literal root yeah. of evil. Yeah. But that's a thing in horror movies too, it right? Is. It's like the the um, country people don't like the city people, and so the city people fear the country mm-hmm. because it's like a jealousy thing, but also like a a totally different set of knowledge. And also for each place, nature has oh, turned yeah. on us in many of horror films. If we all remember that yeah. really awful scene in Evil Dead. If anyone else has seen that, or is that just me? Okay. No, I've me. I've Got seen it, it, but I don't remember. <laughs> okay, not, well, oh yeah, the, um, I forgot her name. The main girl, she goes out into the woods alone, like a big dum-dum, and she gets attacked and held, bonded style, down by some vines, and then the tree rapes her. Yep. Straight up vine style. Oh, what? Yeah. Yep. Now I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I have this uh, really cool book. Um, that I recommend um, checking out, but it's called Plants of the Devil, and it's Ooh. it's based all on uh, just ancient folklore of like quote unquote evil plants. Um, there's like a really I'm holding it right now. There's a really cool quote in one of the first chapters from the myth and magical folklore of plants. And the quote is among the legendary stories and folk tales of most countries, we find frequent allusion to the devil as an attractive agent in utilizing various flowers for his mischievous pursuits. So mischievous. So and I like it. The devil using uh, tannis root, in this case, to uh, make a little devil baby. Mary Kay is hiding in her shirt. Her shirt even says nope on it. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, it does. <laughs> no dev- devil babies. I can't handle devil babies. But can we talk about how momentarily? I feel like, you know, especially like we kind of talked about like in Dracula a little bit. There's, you know, like this idea of like the beast or the devil kind of being like these really sexual creatures. And there's this whole elaborate rape scene. And maybe it's just because they're trying to make a baby. Who knows? But I would imagine that sex with Satan would be a little bit more exciting than missionary. <laughs> yeah. She, she was, like, having a whole conversation while it's going on. Yeah. Well, and she somebody was tied else up. Was like, she I mean, was I'm, tied up, and I'm she was saying. talking about her eternal salvation with the Pope. Just it's saying. not just missionary. Also, <laughs> I see what you did there with the missionary. You're welcome. Term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she is. That's what's happening. Like, they tied her down. Yeah. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying. Like, there's just, like, this ever so slight, like, gentle rocking of her head. So you know it's That's happening. That's true. It's but like, like a real, like... It's gentle. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, it's ceremonial. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. It's like devil sex with a purpose. Devil sex with a purpose. There's the title again. <laughs> That's very true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So while we're talking about boring <clears throat> sex, we need to talk about women. Yeah, obviously. Right? That's our next thing. Yeah. Is uh, I guess women's bodies would, would happen, would seem to go. Yes, go first. for it. I mean, I guess, yeah, if we're talking about women's bodies, I think it's kind of important to point the timeline out. So, you know, this book was written yeah. a little bit before the film came out. The film came out in 1968. In 1960, the FDA approved their very first, like, actual, like, FDA-approved birth control on the market. So only, you know, less than a decade before this movie came out and in 1965 was the end of state restrictions as far as access to get that birth control. So even when it was FDA approved, it was still pretty hard to get and it was up to your state on if you had access to it or not. So then the movie came out in 1968 and then in 1973. So like just a couple years after that is when we had the whole ordeal with Roe versus Wade. So while this movie came out, it was in the middle of the war on women's bodies so to speak, women trying to take control over their own bodies. I'm trying to find where we are. Okay, there we are. Because yeah. I'm real interested in this allegory for women being medically ignored topic. Well, I think that really relates to the whole kind of, I mean, definitely relates to the gaslighting thing. It's just any time that, you know, Rosemary says she's in pain to Dr. Saperstein or her husband. I mean, they obviously have ulterior motives um but but that wasn't uncommon right for those but it times. just seemed like yeah it's it definitely isn't. definitely alluding to you know any time now that has never stopped now you know even. that when women say you know oh i'm in pain or they have trouble with you know i have friends that tell me they have trouble trying to vocalize um specifically always to male doctors to be- believe in mm-hmm. what they're saying about their own bodies you know like when i'm in pain yeah you know, or, oh, this is uncomfortable, or even with issues of mental health, too, and just not Mm -hmm. being believed. Um, Yeah. Well, there's, like, the reality that for a long time, like, any kind of medical research was done based on how things affected men. So now we have two sets of symptoms, right? Classical symptoms 
And then all those other symptoms that might happen. But the classical symptoms are invariably the ones that happen to men. So for mm-hmm. a long time, women don't have to be, haven't had to be dying of heart attacks as often and as long as they have. It's that women don't typically present, or less frequently, it's less likely for a woman to present with extreme chest pain and pressure, localized to the left side of the body, left arm. Women don't necessarily present that way. It's less likely. Mm-hmm. So women just die because it's not, it's not recognized for what it is. It's not treated. Um, Women tend to have more generalized symptoms. So Mm -hmm. they're dismissed as like, okay, yeah, well, I'm sorry you feel woozy, but drink some water and lay down. You're just having an off day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's emotional. You're making it up. It's in your head. Um, which is what Dr. Saperstein was always kind of telling, you know, Rosemary. Cause I, I do think, I do think it was Dr. Saperstein that says something that, that whatever she was feeling was rubbish, you know, like, Oh, rubbish. Like you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, just, yeah. you know, go home and drink your gross lumpy shake and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so, you know, she was always, you know, invalidated about her pain and her feelings and, you know, her own body. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's an allegory for how that has always happened to women, even to today. Yeah. Yeah, it's surprising to me that Polanski, being such, you know, an, an unrepentant rapist, managed to produce a feminist film regarding, like, the politics of women and women's bodies, especially considering how many toxic men were kind of, like, had their hands in this. So you have, you know, Polanski, but also at this time, Pharaoh was married to Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and literally on set, like served her divorce papers. Yeah. Yeah. She was supposed to stop working when they got married. That was, that was supposedly their agreement. And when she agreed to this, he said he was going to leave her. And when she decided, okay, well, I'm going to try and save my marriage. They played her dailies mm-hmm. and were like, you're going to get an Oscar nomination for this. Yeah. So she was like, okay, I'm going to stick with it. So he served her a couple days later. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she was a pawn, basically, in it. So there was a whole lot of... Just, like, no respect to her as a person, really. Right. Yeah. Well, I was curious about... I don't know whose notes are in red, but I, the one about the apartment building uh, oh, being yeah. a nod to Dracula. Well, I don't remember the name of the apartment building. What was it? So the name of the apartment is the Bromford. Oh. In the movie, it is. I didn't yeah. catch so that. The, I didn't, yeah. That's cool. So it was named for, you know, obviously for Bram Stoker. Yeah. In real life, it's called the Dakota. The Dakota. The Dakota. And it's where uh, John Lennon was actually like, got shot. So there's just like a bunch of like weird interweaving kind of things going on. Because, you know, yeah. Mia Farrow's sister, Prudence, is who inspired Dear Prudence. Yeah. So that's kind of where that all came. And then, you know, Roman Polanski is, it was his pregnant wife, Sharon Tate, who was ultimately murdered by the Manson family. So it's... And the Manson family was called their spree helter-skelter. Yeah, so there... Thank you. Yeah. So, like, there were some weird ties between, like, the Beatles and Mia Farrow and Roman Polanski and the Manson family. And it was all, like, some weird, eerie foreshadowing. And, of course, it's just, like, more pregnancy fear yeah right that's what was really weird to me is but this movie came out just one like shy of one year before the Mm -hmm. the manson murders um yeah so 
it's weird because I know a lot of the kind of like occult movies that came out in the 70s were all playing on that fear of a lot of the violence of the Manson family. And this is like a creepy, like foreshadowing of all those strange, eerie connections. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there was a curse of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, a number of people that worked on the movie believed that it was cursed. A cursed film. Hence like the, the Manson murders. Hence um, oh, the producer. Oh, what was his name? I have it in my notes. Uh, he was horribly sick. William William Castle. Thank you. He was horribly sick mm-hmm. immediately after. Um, oh, what else? There, there were a few. There were a handful of things surrounding it that led people to believe it was. It was cursed. Yeah. Well, and this wasn't this Mia Farrow's first m- movie. That she it was like her, her first, like, like her first feature like, film. major one, yeah. Oh, okay. Her first major role, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just I know like has had a lot of unfortunate traumatic events happen in her life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what was it? The uh, the composer died of a brain clot, a brain clot mm-hmm. a year after, and I thought there was something else. I don't remember. I was trying to remember all the rest of the things that you had mentioned, but I think you got the rest of them. Well, the Mia Farrow yeah. being divorced in the middle of the movie. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Um, you were talking about uh, some of the, like, the horror tropes that came up in the in the 60s yeah. or 70s as a result for of um, uh, the Manson family attacks, and this was definitely like pre that, but while it was happening, uh, which is interesting, and um, a lot of the stuff that I read, especially about like the fear of the occult or witches or Satan, especially in occult movies, is like a woman is always like the vessel mm-hmm. for for Satan because she's like more open, which is like a horror movie trope. Of but um, but the real fight is between the devil and whatever man is like owns her, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you see in this as well because it's uh, Roman and Guy. And Satan, <laughs> who decide what's going to happen to Rosemary, mm-hmm. and and Terry, and Minnie, and Louise, Lord, whatever her name was, uh, and then all the other women who are in that apartment, and they're even the ones. Um, or guy is kind of like just he's scared of the baby. First of all, do y'all remember that when mm-hmm. she's like, "You can touch it. It's alive. It's alive." It's alive because he it's knows. Alive. What it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not gonna bite you and. You know, the second time watching it, I'm like, bitch, that might bite you. Like, that's yeah. that ain't your baby. That's, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, but so that, first of all, it's like how Guy is like the, I mean, we already talked about how he's like a surrogate rapist, basically. Um, but he is, um, he's your inverse Joseph yep. of the Christ child uh, or Joseph's foil. Um, and then um, later, Roman is the one that convinces her. Well, first of all. There's this one shot that I wanted to talk about because I saw it the second time and I was like, whoever decided to do that is a fucking genius. Um, the bassinet's rocking from where she's trying to escape the apartment and she oh, has the yeah. knife in her hand okay. and she reaches over and stops it rocking. And I was like, yes, I don't know what's going to happen, but that's awesome. And so I feel like that's when she's like the most self-possessed is that one shot. Yeah. And then she goes into the apartment and sees the baby and, you know, freaks out. And then Roman comes over and he's like, why don't you, you know, be a mother? Yeah. Yeah. Did you think you that that might yeah. be something that you needed to consider doing? Yeah. yeah. Come take and care of the like, child. And then she like walks back over and she's like, yeah, you're right. Basically. And then that, 
Yeah. Yeah. Take care. You're rocking the child too fast. And he's just like, let her be a mother. Mm -hmm. You are this child's mother, right? She's like, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the scariest, I mean, it's the end. So of course it's the scariest part, but to me, it's like how her maternal instinct, like over, like overrides any logic or any spirituality or anything. It's just like, she sees a kid and needs to take care of it. Like that's her biology. Like that's wired in her that she needs to do that regardless of if the child is in fact a demon. Right. Yeah. And a, and a product of her rape. Well, and a scary thing to me is that he's when he tells her, like, yeah, go go be a mother, he also says, you don't need to join us. Just go take care of the kid. At that point, okay. for them, she is, they're done with her. They're good. They got what they needed. She yeah. doesn't even have to join them. They don't care if she's ever involved in their coven again. They've got what they needed. They're done. Like, yeah. her body has been used for its incubation properties. Yeah. She's disposable, which is kind of like how Guy views the baby to begin with, you know, for his own aims at the end when he's trying to convince Rosemary, like, it's fine. We'll have, we'll have another one. We'll have a good one. You know, I think he's like trying to, you know, say like, we'll just let this go, whatever his dreams are to go out to California and be an actor and seek his fame and fortune. Um, It's just this baby's disposable. Um, Just like the coven views her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another part of the horror for me, um, just, I mean, like we haven't touched on enough, um, but those dream sequences, mm-hmm. like I did not expect those to be scary. Like they were, mm-hmm. they, and they were like, yeah. she, like the nun that she flashes back to has Minnie's voice. Yeah. It was it dubbed over with her yeah. voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. I, yeah, it's okay. I, 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 think, I can't like understand the damn thing she's saying. What is she saying? I was like, she sounds just like Minnie. Oh, like, that's exactly how my train of thought was. Like, maybe it is her. And it's all, all, in all of her dreams, she has like, uh, you know, she has a nun and then she has the Pope. And it's all like, it seems like Catholic guilt. But also it's sort of like her unconscious being like, you need to watch out for what's about to maybe happen to you. Um. And then there's like that part. I don't know. It seems so realistically a dream, where she's like naked, and then she has on a swimsuit. Yeah. And it's like everything is coming together. It's like you didn't need all the moose. A mouse bit you. It's like just the the wording and the the object changing. Mm-hmm. Remember this in the in that one scene. You got. I do remember. Sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't understand yeah. what you were um, saying at all. Yeah, you went. We're kind of possessed. Oh, it goes from moose to mouse because she doesn't eat the moose, and yes. that's why she doesn't pass all the way out. Mm-hmm. She doesn't eat all of it, and then um, it's like a mouse bit you. Is that right? And she's like, "Yes, but I didn't mean for it to happen." And it's like, I don't know. It's really, it's a really interesting combination of like the unconscious things that are happening yeah. to her or with her or at her. Um, yeah, and it's shot in a really a strange way. Like you, at, for me, it's like she goes to sleep. And then the camera, like, uh, I don't know, I guess it pans over, I guess that's what you call it. And I expected it to be, like, next day. And it's like, no, this is a trippy dream sequence that's, like, a nightmare. Uh, Just go with it. And then it pans back to her being awake in the bed, and it's, like, shot from, like, right here. Mm -hmm. She's like, I told her that it was, I told her, like, I told no, sister, whatever. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) It's freaky. Yeah, I thought that was really well done and very surreal. Yeah, this is one of my favorite. I agree. Most most 
uh, true to life feeling dream sequences in terms of the yeah. way reality shifts and how similar mm-hmm. it is to the like. For so, for example, that is that is the nun, and it sounds like Minnie, and you still know who it is. Or maybe for her, it is Minnie. It just looks like the nun, mm-hmm. and she know like, but you know that even if this person has this name or this voice, like you still know who you're interacting with, and and you can be in two places at once and you can be having two conversations at once and you can be wearing something and then not wearing something and actually be in somebody else's body. And you know that you look like somebody else, but you know, it's you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. You just did a really good job. Oh, while we're talking about her being in bed, that bedspread though, with the fringe on the edges. <laughs> I love it. She has the best yeah. taste and I need her to come to my apartment. Yeah. No, I that's honestly exactly what liked it when the old lady was living there personally but like that i love the 60s stuff yeah i can i can so. handle it being as dark as it was when miss gardenia was there i need more sunlight than that to function oh yeah yeah but uh yeah. yeah everything she did was just flawless like the whole place looked so good i just kept writing like damn this bitch lives such a classy life compared to me like how old is she? how old yeah. is she supposed to be like what's going on <sighs> I, don't I was know. just like i love that kitchen yeah like, where did they get and then she's like, can you believe she came over and asked me how much the furniture costs? And I was like, yes, I can believe she did that. I have the same <laughs> question. It was pretty oh, cool for also, her. Also, that's a, like a solid uh, example of, you know, how times have changed. New York is one of the last places where it's like actually not that weird to just like walk up in someone's house and be like, damn, this is nice. How much you pay? Yeah. Yeah. Because the real estate market there is just absurd. So mm-hmm. it's not super weird to be asking about money there now, but would have been, I guess, apparently in the 60s. Yeah. Um, I guess. Which brings me to yes. my classism point about they shouldn't be living in that no. complex. Like they should, they don't afford, they can't afford to live there in real life. No, they're cutting them a deal because of whatever HOA fees or whatever, some that bullshit the the agent makes up in the beginning, but they're really just, you know, yeah. in what do you trade crafted? Is that what they call it in the industry? I think Where they're like being, or is it honeypot? Which which is the term where you're like being seduced into doing something you don't mean to do? I think I'm going to pretend it's honeypot because I like it. Yeah, I like okay. I like honeypot as a better term. That makes more sense. I can see that. that I think that's Whoa. just straight up seduction. I think the trade craft is when you like sluice it out. Maybe. I think. I don't know. I'll have to ask someone who knows. Honeypot um, honey is seduction uh, yeah. of a sexual nature, I believe. Yes. Uh, well, it's like your straight up Russian spy tactics, right? Like Red Sparrow. Like I'm going to fuck the secrets out of you, basically. Basically. But, or, or like the illusion of doing it. But And then the tradecraft is like, I know everything about you. Because I have researched carefully, and now I am playing a role to get mm-hmm. information out of you that doesn't necessarily involve the, um, con- like a contact of a sexual nature, right? Is that, that makes kind sense. of what it is? Okay, I think so. There, yes. like, it's like a squares and rectangles situation. I'm gonna say yes, yes. You're like all honey potting. It sounds real is, smart. Is <laughs> trade crafting, <laughs> but not all trade crafting is honey potting. I think um, these are new terms for me, so. I'm doing my best. I would agree Please with that. If I'm that, doing it that wrong. Seems great. Someone that seems, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so what if for by whatever re- by whatever methods they've uh, conspired against Rosemary and Guy, mm-hmm. they have the kid, 
And now they're still in the apartment. They're done with Rosemary. And the last line is a bunch of affluent white people with one Japanese tourist taking photos. Racist. Said it. We were all thinking it. Said it. We were. Um, And they're all, again, super affluent, living in this high-rise. I think it's a high-rise, almost, if not actually, Mm -hmm. um, in Manhattan. And uh, Roman says, Adrian shall overthrow the mighty. Who do you think the mighty is? Like, if that's not you, as far as, like, worldly mm-hmm. stuff goes? Like, who are, what? Yeah. I feel like who, you just sabotaged yourself. Yeah, I mean, I know that it's more like, it's more of a spiritual, um, that's what makes it scary. But in a practical sense, it's like, you're already on top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Literally. he's coming for you. Like, you just shot yourself in the foot. I don't know. That's go. what I thought about it. And I was like... I don't understand the distinction that you're making, Roman. (laughs) Um, That's a good question. I didn't even think of that. Um, I didn't even think of that initially when I first watched it. Like, what, you know, I mean, that's a good question. Like, you know, who does he mean the mighty is um, in that situation? Um, You know, the spiritual mighty or the kind of the the affluent mighty? Um, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Thanks. I think I, the reason that I thought of it was just because I was like, the whole time, like, Mary was like, this apartment is sweet shit. Like, what is going on here? And it's like, you'll overthrow the, I don't know. So I thought, yeah, well, I thought of it as a sort of a, like, yeah. like, we are the, we are the subversive ones, right? If, if, if the, if the norm, mm-hmm. if the mainstream, if the, <clears throat> the powers that be are Christian and we are the opposite of the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we need to overthrow. But it's not really the opposite, is it? Is it the opposite, really? Satan? The Mm. child of Satan versus Jesus? Like, child of God, child of Satan. Yeah. That's that's how I interpreted that, was that they're like, okay, now we're going to get up in there and we're going to, you know, if there is a power structure in place to which these people don't belong, that's it. That's the one. Mm. Is not belonging to the dominant religious group. And now they're gonna fuck shit up, overthrow them. Mm. Mm. That's horrifying. A little bit. <laughs> well, I I think the only thing I haven't I don't know if, remember having mentioned that for me is real real about this. I haven't haven't lived in the city for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, was that um, you more typically see horror movies taking place in isolation? Yeah. In yeah. rural areas. Um, mm-hmm. It's so much about, like, you know, left to our own feral natures, left to the wild. What do we become and what do we, how do we, um, what, what is the horror within versus, in this case, the, the horror of proximity. Mm-hmm. When we yeah. can't escape each other, when we, when we can, like, just by accident, <clears throat> know this much about each other, when, um, yeah, like the, the, the it's all about this invasion. She says immediately she's the nosiest person I ever met. Yeah, um, it's like a home invasion house. almost. But they yeah. they live in your home. Well, did you guys right. get? I was totally getting mother vibes when I was yeah. like watching like the scenes like after Rosemary gives birth and she's in bed and like all these people are tending to her and she kind of yes. giving her those pills and she's like she kind of wants them out of her house. She's like, why are you here? where's my baby? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was just like, I was like, Oh, this is just like, 
this is just like a Jennifer Lawrence mother and mother. Yeah, like like they're home invading. They're nosy. They won't leave. They won't leave her alone. You know, the Minnie and Roman are constantly like at the door. Like, can we come in? Can we, you know? Can we have dinner? We're coming right. over for dinner. It's just like definitely was getting like, oh, this is like a yeah. prequel to Mother. A, that's such a like yeah. feature of city life is that like you can't n- not be around people. Everything you do involves. Mm-hmm. Well, even when she was in the phone booth, she was constantly on edge in the phone booth, and he had no idea. If your back is turned, who's coming up behind you? Anything. You know, that man was standing there who obviously meant her no harm, but, you know, had his back to her. She can't really get out. Does this person mean me harm? What is this person's intent with standing? I mean, basically, like, you don't have a bubble. It is. Yeah, there is no such thing. You don't have personal space. You don't have privacy. Your home is your privacy, and then in her case, she didn't have... Yeah, her home is a safe haven. Uh oh. Speaking of just wanting to have your home as a safe haven and just sit at home and drink box wine and play board games, what did you wish that the Scrabble letters would rearrange to spell their anagram? Ooh, do you guys already have something for this? I do. Okay, go ahead, Megan. All right, so when I had saw the outline, so that's kind of also what I started doing as we were setting up an organizing alley. When I saw your closer, I wrote it down and I started making up possible anagrams. And what I came up that's with for it, yeah, so mine's not super cool and lighthearted, but I wanted it to say, vacate matrons. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's the cool. winner. Mm-hmm. Done. It's the name of the podcast. Vacate. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Vacate matrons awesome. <laughs> was... The exact one. I literally have a scratch sheet that I made, like over here typing, trying to come up with. I'm so impressed with anagrams. That's so, so good. Yeah, that is. Mine was a real. Do I, I get a gold star, dream. Daddy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ew, dude. Is that the name of the podcast? Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know what I wish they had spelled. What? It, what was it? Baby emoji, demon emoji. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's possible. It's what I want. It's what I wish. You can't tell me what my dreams are. Well, if they remade it in 2018 and the height of technology, perhaps instead of Scrabble letters, it'd be words with friends and somebody would have just messaged them. Baby emoji, devil emoji. I get you. I'm on your side. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't do one. Did, That's okay. Oh, we're, we're, real. we're running just fast and loose. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. big. Like, okay. yeah. I mean, I would just want it to say something like, you know, get out, leave. <laughs> like, yeah, mine was dump traditional him. horror movie <laughs> dump him. scares. Oh my god, we are of one mind. We're all thinking the same thing. It's just like, or or something along the lines like I would just want to like I, I would almost want them to spell out something that was reassuring, like like you're right. It's gonna something. be okay. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, Don't doubt one. yourself. Yeah, like I just want it to be like you know. <laughs> You're, you're living, you know the truth or something because everyone's just. Girl, you got this. You're yeah. on to something. Ma- yeah. Freaking Mary. <laughs> she can't, in Google Hangouts literally just typed baby emoji, devil emoji in parentheses. Rosemary Except for what came, out, <laughs> what came out in mine is a yellow baby, a brown square. Mm-hmm. And a devil emoji. I'm gonna take a picture <laughs> of a brown baby. Because, like she made yeah, it originally. 
Yeah, like I sent I sent a black baby, and then it apparently your computer doesn't like black babies. So now we know. <laughs> Damn, racist computer. Tough conversation. I don't envy you that. Okay, bye. This has been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, y'all are so fun. This was so good. Man, we did so much good work just now. Yay! This was awesome. Yay! Yeah! All right, thank you, 8 billion percent, Trista, for joining us. Yeah! All sorts of cool shit. Thank y'all. This was fun. Super fun. This was a blast again. I love talking about creepy shit. Yeah, that's the jam. It's super fun. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay away from devil babies. (laughs) (laughs) And fade it out.